Hello, friends. Welcome to the second episode of the Sally Serves It Up podcast. I am so happy to be back here with you again. And it's been really lovely to hear how you enjoyed the episode about constraint and how you've been thinking about applying it. And I'd love to hear from you if you um, have been trying to apply this concept of constraint to your life and what's been coming up for you. So please always feel free to reach out to me to discuss anything that I discuss in the podcast. And if you want more tips on applying the tools that I talk about. So I want to dive straight into what I'm going to be talking to you about this week, which is how it's not the food when it comes to losing weight. So for so long, I took a real diet mentality approach to losing weight. Like I feel like diet mentality was running through my veins from about the age of 19 um, when I first did Weight Watchers after putting on weight in that first year of uni. I mean, I think that first year of uni, it gets to us all. But yeah, Weight Watchers at 19, many times after that again. And diet mentality looks like giving the food all of my power. So believing that whatever the food was that I was cooking, I remember I did a lot of like egg white omelets, um, stir fried bean sprouts and tofu with zero fat, like cooking with that fat-free spray and like no oil, that that food in and of itself was the answer to my problems. I believed that I had to eat like a saint to lose weight and that controlling the food in a restrictive and depriving way was the only way I could see results. It often involved being really sort of quote unquote good during the week and then quite um, bad at the weekends and then ready to like hate myself on Sunday night and start everything again on Monday. And I really labeled certain foods as being good or bad. And I was always signing up for the latest diet, buying all the books, cooking all the perfect food, making the spreadsheets. Um, I was all very all or nothing. And I would always stumble as the weeks progressed. I never got to my destination. I never got the results that I truly deeply wanted. And like when it came to going out, I was very all or nothing with that. Like if I couldn't eat you know, the three course rich meal and drink bottle of wine and have a gin and tonic and then have some sort of like thing at the end. Like what was the point of going? And this all created a pretty unpleasant cycle where I created so much over desire and over importance for the food that I thought I couldn't have. And I had a disconnect between this over desire in me, which felt, um, primal and really overpowering and the results that I wanted. It just sort of wasn't a level playing field and it felt really tumultuous. The result of all this, of giving the food all of my power and believing that it was the answer and that I didn't have the power, was that I weighed more than I wanted to. I weighed more than felt natural to me in my body, like in the back of my mind, I was like, this just doesn't feel aligned. And I didn't have genuine clarity and peace in how I ate and drank and exercised and just generally like functioned 
There was a lack of consistency and knowingness and calm in my approach. And what I want to offer you today is that if you want to lose weight, it's not as much about the food as you might think. What it's really about, what it all comes down to, the success of any weight loss attempt, because most diets work if you follow them, is it's not the food itself, it's how you think about the food, what you believe about the food, what you believe about yourself. That is what creates your results. So in the weight loss coaching that I do, we look at reframing how you think about the food and yourself. And in doing that, you move from a place where you give food all of this power and authority and you take it back. You regain your own power and voice of authority. And there's work to do to build that trust that you are the best person for you to tell you what to do to instruct your behavior. But it's totally possible to become her. Do want to preface that the quality of the food you eat does make a difference, like 100%. But really the work is about coming back to yourself, becoming intentional with how you think about food and using the tools that I'm going to share with you here to rewire your over-desire and over-hunger with time and kind of to see what happens from there. So naturally... (laughs) A good place to start is with Diana Henry's Greek chicken with orzo and stuffing because my goodness, I bloody love this. It is such a sensational one pot meal and I couldn't recommend it enough. You take a whole chicken and fill the cavity with this excellent stuffing of breadcrumbs and tomatoes and feta and olive oil and lemon and garlic and oregano and you season the chicken skin with lots of salt and cayenne pepper which I love just that little bit of heat goes so nicely with everything and you need to use one of those shallow type Le Creuset pots so that the chicken can sit in it and there's room around the sides so you don't want to use a shallow tray it does need to have a little bit of height up at the sides and you cook it for about 50 minutes uncovered And then you add the orzo pasta around the chicken and cover it with chicken stock and lob it back in the oven for another 20 minutes. And when it's done, you remove the chicken and stir through some chopped parsley into the orzo and you serve it all up with the stuffing. It is so, so good because the orzo has basically just been cooked in chicken fat. (laughs) And in the words of Diana, Henry, no, not Diana Henry. In the words of the Barefoot Contessa, how bad could that be? I don't know how many of you know who she is, but that's one of her little sayings and it's quite funny. Um, Also cooked in chicken fat is delicious, in my opinion. So the point is, this is a fabulous dinner that I absolutely love. It ticks so many of my boxes of my ideal dream food combos. And I wouldn't eat it every night if I wanted to lose weight. I probably wouldn't eat it every night either way, but I absolutely plan it in and would eat it once a week. And it's got flour and cheese and lots of fat and it's all okay. Like 
nothing bad is going to happen. This doesn't mean that we're not going to get the results that we want. And the way that you can get into this mode where you know that you can eat stuff like this, and by that I mean eat the food that you really enjoy, like truly enjoy, and still weigh what you want to weigh, is to start planning your food and including exceptions like this. So when I talk about planning your food, some people find this a bit of a bore. They get a bit like, seriously, you want me to do this forever? And I'll say, no, probably not. But yes, for now, I'd like you to do it for now. And it's a bit boring, but so what? We can all be bored by something and still do it anyway. And I'm not going to lie. I cannot sit here and pretend that I don't get super satisfied by planning my food ahead of time. I love giving my brain instruction in the morning and I feel so much more at ease and relaxed for doing it. And for any skeptics, I'll ask you, if it means that you're reducing the over-desire and over-importance that your brain is now hardwired to place on food and in turn you lose weight, is it worth it for you to take two minutes out of your day and make some decisions ahead of time. You just write down what you're going to eat and drink the night before or morning of, and then you follow that plan. And you write down what you actually have, like if it's different to the plan. And if it is different, we don't make it mean a big deal or that something has gone wrong or that you've like failed or got a bad grade. We assess, we learn, and we carry on. And we're talking two minutes out of your day to start teaching your brain new thinking and behavior. And it will take practice, but it's totally worth it. It's all about doing it ahead of time and making decisions with your prefrontal cortex rather than letting your lower brain, the one that's habitual and instinctive, run the show. It's just about getting clear and intentional and giving your brain that instruction each day. So you don't want to get ahead of yourself here and do things for like five days at a time. Just do it one day at a time. Write it down. That's super important. And then I encourage my clients to have two weekly exception eats as they're losing weight as well as incorporating some exception meals from time to time. So an exception meal would be this orzo chicken situation paired with some pudding and a glass of wine. Whereas an exception eat is something like chips with your steak and veg or a pasta dish or more alcohol than usual or pudding, it's like one thing that you really enjoy and you're just writing the amount that you're going to have and you're going to have it and enjoy it. Exceptions will slow down the rate of your weight loss compared to a typical diet, compared to what you might have been used to before, but they will mean your weight loss is sustainable and permanent as they will help your brain rewire its desire over time. because the problem is when you don't plan in these exceptions, the things that you don't eat all the time, but still want to eat and enjoy. When you don't plan them in and you haven't made any space for the things you desire during the week and you're in that diet mentality mode, 
And you have desire for something that you hadn't planned because you're a human and it's normal. That's when your brain thinks something is wrong. It gets the uncomfortable feeling of the desire paired with this scarcity around the food that you can't have it for whatever reason. And those uncomfortable feelings start to compound and feel so overpowering and you just want them to go away. And that's when you'll decide to give in to the urge to eat, to dull your discomfort, because that's what you've done previously. That's what loads of us do. And when you have an urge for something that you haven't planned and you give in to that urge, you're not only teaching your brain that that thing must be really important if you were having to resist it so much, but that's when you also tend to throw the baby out with the bathwater. You're like, fuck it, let's go. That's when you think you don't have the power to get back on track in the moment. It's like, I've failed. This diet doesn't work. We've already screwed this up. So let's make it worth it. Let's make it count. And that's when the overeating begins. So, you know, think about those moments. It's rarely just a little bite. It often turns into so much more. And if you want to lose weight, that's where the opportunity is. If you plan your food and you include deliciousness that you love and you eat that, your brain will associate different meaning to it. It's like it knew it was coming. It knew it was on the cards. It created a normal amount of desire for it. And then that desire was rewarded. So like the loop was closed. And over time, it will lower the sense of overimportance. It will lower how much desire it has for the food so that you can still enjoy it, but not in a way that means you overeat it. So planning it in, in the long term, teaches your brain so much new behavior and information. It's just about being intentional and in charge of your brain. And you'll learn new patterning as you keep going with it and keep trying and learning with every road bump. And you'll see that it's totally possible to plan your food and follow that plan and to include food that you really like and that brings you some joy and you can still lose weight in the process. And it won't be coming from willpower or from believing that the food has all the power or from like diet mentality or scarcity around the food. Because in this process, you will have rewired how you think about the food. So it will all start to feel a lot more natural and easy as those thoughts and as that thinking becomes truer and truer for you. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying plan like pizza and fish and chips and a kebab and ice cream and a bottle of wine every day. And if you follow that plan, you know, to the letter, you'll lose weight. And I really hope that you get the nuances of what I'm suggesting. But I will say that over time, if you did that, your desire for it would probably go down. Your brain learns it can have those things at any time. And so the desire totally goes down. And I think that's a really interesting thing to think about. And as I mentioned last week with constraint, when you start giving food less importance and you start enjoying it in a way that feels in alignment with the results that you want, 
you can start to get on with other things. It doesn't take up so much of your time and energy and you feel relaxed and peaceful and free because you know that the food doesn't have the power and you know that you do. And you just have to imagine how positively this impacts other areas of your life. It is just so, so, so good when you get these things working for you, when you get the wheels in motion and they start building on themselves layer upon layer of self-belief and self-trust and confidence. So my curious cues for you this week are, are you willing to plan what you eat and drink ahead of time? Are you willing to follow that plan and journal what you eat? Is it possible that including exception eats could mean you finally lose the weight that you want to lose? Would you be willing to do that even if it took longer because it meant your results were permanent? And what else could you make decisions ahead of time about? Okay, that's it for now. Those questions are in the show notes. And if you want to know more, download my free guide, Six Tips to Kickstart Your Weight Loss Now at sallywebstercoaching.com forward slash free dash stuff. And I've loved talking to you and I will see you soon. Have a beautiful week, my friends. Thanks for listening. Bye.